Hey Outlaws, welcome to episode number 49. Today we have a guest episode and I am super excited for you to listen into this conversation. We are joined today by Erica Tebbins. Erica is a sales strategist for ambitious misfits who want success but aren't willing to compromise who they are to get there. Can I get an amen? I mean, seriously. (laughs) She works with service providers, consultants, and coaches to create custom growth plans that avoid complex systems, sleazy sales tactics, or battling burnout. With 17 plus years experience running successful businesses from solo operations to multi-million dollar retail teams, she knows there is no one perfect way to operate, only one that's perfectly aligned with your strengths, values, and vision. She also hosts the weekly Sell It Sister podcast, where she dishes out bullshit-free business advice. I am super excited for you to listen in today because truth be told, this is that was our second recording, our second go at this episode. The first time we had some tech problems and we joked about the fact that the reason we had these tech issues was not only because Mercury was in retrograde at the time, but also because Yule just weren't ready for (laughs) how badass this conversation was. So we did it a second time and I'm so grateful that she sat down and gave another hour of her time to do this, but it was even better it was even better. It was like we got through any kind of, or my end probably, nerves. And the second time we sat down, this conversation, it went even further, expanded and reached new places. And we cover so much in this episode. So make sure you are grabbing a notebook and a pen to take some notes from today's episode, because honestly, It is a juicy, juicy conversation. We are talking all about ethical sales and marketing, growing your business in alignment with your humanness and the value of true relationships. And of course, we dive into lots of different pockets as we go through because you'll know I love to talk. Um, So make sure that you check out the show notes after today's episode to go and check out um, Erica's No Sleaze Sales Method Guide. Also go and follow her on social media if you're not already so you can hear more about how she's helping ethical businesses to really grow And also I recommend listening into her podcast as well, the Sell It Sister podcast. It is really great. Such good business advice. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let us get into episode 49 with Erica Tebbins. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. 
So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, Erica. Could you just take a moment to introduce yourself to everybody listening? Yeah. So I'm Erica Tebbins and I run Erica Tebbins Consulting and I do sales and marketing strategy in an ethical, sleaze-free way for ambitious misfits with established businesses who are ready to go to grow with simplicity and sustainability. I love that. <laughs> <Nobody>, everybody <laughs> who's listening can totally see why I wanted to have you on the show because you and I both connected on Instagram. And I think one of the reasons we connected was a few, a few like mutual online clients and friends and definitely looking to pave new paths and like forge new ways of doing business ethically and sustainably. So I absolutely love that. And I'm really excited to chat with you today because we are going to be exploring sales, which we haven't covered a whole lot here on the show. We've talked about self-promotion, we've talked about launches, but specifically sales. And especially, I feel like it's one of those topics that is talked about a lot in online business, but is one of those things that people just either really are uncomfortable with um, very naturally. And a lot of the advice, in my opinion, has felt very unethical in the past, very scripted um, and just very manipulative. So I'm really excited to get your two cents on this today and kind of just explore it with you as well. And I know over the summer, you released an episode on your podcast called The Real Ways to Hit 10K Months. And you've also covered things like selling without a list, which I think is a big conversation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and selling on Instagram stories and how to stop relying on referrals. And I think there's so many different ways in which we can sell. So let's talk about selling because it is such a hot topic in entrepreneurship. It can feel so uncomfortable for so many people, myself included. I've had those moments where I felt really uncomfortable in the past. So what do we need to know about ethical sales? Yeah. So I think that what is really important to know is that, you know, selling in and of itself and exchange of money is not necessarily a bad thing, right? I think that we tend to have this view because selling has, you know, there's so many bad actors out there, especially in the online space that it can feel like, oh, it's, you know, somebody's always trying to take advantage. Um, But when the thing that you are buying is aligned with your needs and your desires, it actually feels really good to spend that money. So for instance, I just did a, a big new, um, like photo shoot for my business last week with somebody who I was just dreaming of working with. And it felt really good to pay that invoice. Like I I felt really excited because I was like, yes, I want these pictures. Yes. I mean, it's the most I've ever spent on branding photography, but I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Uh, You know, she went above and beyond like it. And it felt really good to be able to support another woman entrepreneur. So that felt good. That didn't feel like 
I was manipulated or anything. It, it felt really fun and exciting. And I had a lot of gratitude that I'm in a place that I was able to afford that. So I feel like where it's really off is when people are not clear on who is a best fit for what they are selling. And so they're just trying to get a certain either volume of people to buy their thing, or they're just trying to hit a certain revenue number at all costs without really considering like who, who is actually going to get the most value from this and then being very clear about just selling and marketing to those people. And I think one of the things you touched on there, which I loved was knowing who we're selling to understanding who we're speaking to, like you're really clear on who you work with and why. And what are your thoughts around, you know, people who are just coming into online business or have maybe been doing it for, I don't know, less than a year, but are really conflicted by this niche down or speak to one person, like that narrative, what would you say to them in terms of selling and how they can maybe reframe that to help them sell without it feeling so uncomfortable? Yeah, that's a great question. So I feel like the niching conversation is really interesting because I... There's like the way that I view it is that there's a lot of different uh, inroads you can take when it comes to niching. And I know for myself, like I've never been somebody who's like, oh, I only want to work with a very specific type of entrepreneur. Right. It's like I know that there are certain people who are, um, you know, coaches for coaches, which, you know, is fine. There's nothing wrong with that or coaches for photographers or, um, you know, coaches for people who do online course businesses. There's nothing wrong with having that as a niche if that's truly what you're excited about. But I don't necessarily think that you have to get granular in a way that doesn't feel good for you. And I know for me, it took working with a lot of different people before I was like, oh, I actually know who I most love serving. Not that like I can't, you know, serve other people and I can't give them great results, but where do I feel most aligned? But that really just came from working with people, right? It's like the the clarity comes from the action, like from the doing of the thing. And then I've been able to refine over time. And also there's like another side of niching where you can have different offers that are more appropriate for different audiences, right? So it there's different ways you can like set up your suite of offers if you have more than one offer. And you can actually have it so that certain offers are really only meant for certain subsets of the larger niche that you serve. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that in terms of the niching conversation, I think there are so many ways in which you can niche, right? There are, yes, you can choose a particular person, but you can also choose a particular product or platform or program or, or, you know, way of teaching. And there's so many different things available to us. But I, I think one of the things you touched on was the fact that 
that's okay. But there's also other ways in which we can approach it, which I think is a really important conversation, especially when it comes to selling. Because one of the things I was thinking when you were talking about sales and like knowing who you're speaking to and going through this process is I was thinking back to my own experiences in selling. And when I found it really hard, it felt like I was just kind of trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was trying to serve everybody. I'm pretty sure I was. But one of the reasons I felt like that was because I was constantly being told to niche down, but I didn't know what I, how I wanted to niche down. I wasn't sure like, okay, what should I be looking for? And what kind of things should I be thinking about as I'm running, going through my business and working with people, like what kind of things to look out for? And I think in my experience, that's certainly been a process to get to the point where I'm like, okay, these are the people that I really want to work with. And these are the people that I can also help in the best way possible. And it's not necessarily as specific as maybe people had once told me. It wasn't, it, it didn't fit quite so into a box. It wasn't, you know, this very specific idle client avatar, but it did help me to kind of reframe my, my content, my copy, how I could speak about my work, but also it felt so much more natural. And I don't know if that was, has been your experience as well. Like when you, I mean, when you start to really understand, okay, this is who I can really help. And this is where each offer kind of fits in like a puzzle. You're like, okay, this, this feels good. So therefore it it's far easier for me to sell. Yeah, I love that. And I I always um I always say that like whatever whatever feels good and feels fun, you will be able to sell it so much more easily than if you are doing something that feels forced. Like even if people say like, "Oh, you should do this certain type of offer or you should serve this certain type of person." If you aren't intrinsically like jazzed about it. I I feel like it just makes it so much more difficult. It's always easier to like follow your fun. And one thing that I have found, cause I, I, I'm really glad that you brought up like content and your messaging and all of that is after you have worked with several people and you could do this like every three months, every six months, every year, is what I like to do is actually write out like every client I've had, uh, every offer that they were in, and then write a little bit about them. Like, you know, where they were in their business, like what they were, like, what were some of their challenges? What was going well? Um, anything about them, about like specifically about the type of business they have, like just all of these different facets of them and like the work that we did together. And that has actually been able to illuminate for me the people where I really felt like, oh, this was like an absolute home run. Like this was so perfectly aligned and they got the best results and all of that. Like to try to see, are there overlapping qualities between those folks um, versus, you know, not even, I won't even say like red flag clients. I don't have, I don't like, thankfully don't have, uh, <laughs> any of those, but like, you know, some where it just felt like, I don't know, it just, it felt a little bit more like, uh, 
like a little bit more like slow going or it, there was like a little bit more efforting or, you know, just, just things like that. Not that anything is bad about the person or about their business. Like, I don't, I don't mean to imply anything like that because it's just that like, we each have our own sweet spot. Like, so we, you know, some people who are really, really great at, um, let's say helping people who are selling online, courses or digital products, like helping them scale that, right? That is like their super duper sweet spot. Whereas somebody else who does business coaching might be like, oh my gosh, I love helping beginners. Like that is where I just find that I just feel so fulfilled and it feels great and and all of that. And really like when you can look back objectively uh, and see all those like little nuanced overlaps, it becomes a lot easier to see where you can almost like refocus your energy and your offers, at least like some of them. Maybe it's not that you're like re-niching your whole business, but you can at least refine certain things because like, and the, the whole reasoning behind this is that it is honoring the investments of the future people who take you up on that offer even more, right? Because you're like, I know when somebody has these certain characteristics in this offer, they get the absolute best results and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea of, of writing out, you know, however frequently we choose to do it, but I love the idea of taking that time to reflect on who you've worked with. And, and it, and it feels so much more accessible than sitting down with an idle client avatar sheet and trying to kind of pluck things out of almost thin air, like Mm -hmm. trying to pluck out, okay, well, this person lives here and this person, like, no, if you actually have the, like the actual information, the data essentially in front of you, and you also have had some kind of working relationship with that person, that feels so much more accessible and it feels so much more inviting to be able to now look at that and say, okay, here are, you know, here are some trends. Here's what I can actually see. And I think you mentioned also kind of evolving and refining. And I think that's something, especially in the last year or so of my business, I've become really passionate about. I'm like, things evolve. We, you know, this idea that we'd create one thing and it's like, that's the thing we're going to sell for the rest of our lives yeah, there's probably people out there who do that, but inside the actual container of the program, it's probably evolved like a hundred times. It Mm. doesn't just stay the same because nothing has really stayed the same for that length of time in online business. It's still a really rapid, rapid, um, rapid place and a rapid environment. Things are changing. And so it's, you know, it's the reason we saw so many memberships come through. And so it's, it's understandable that actually now we can kind of have that permission to go, okay, things can evolve. Our brands can evolve. You know, you talked about having branding photography and it's like certain things will evolve over time and you can sit down and actually look at that and give yourself kind of the grace, compassion, time to do that. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah, it really, it really is. And, um, and especially because, you know, Uh, for a lot of us, we're just, it's like just us or us and a small team. And so it is easier to pivot and refine than if you were a huge corporation, right? Where it's almost like moving a huge ship versus like a small rowboat, right? You can, uh, you can pivot your small rowboat 
a lot more quickly if you realize like, oh, that's actually not the direction I want to go versus like a massive aircraft carrier or something. So I think, yeah, it's, it's very normal. Like, cause you know, we also, it's not like we're only having to do what essentially what we want to do since it's just us. We don't have a board of directors that has to sign off on it or, you know, we don't have to do like a whole like research and development kind of a thing. Well, for most of us, at least like we can just kind of say like, oh, I think that it would be fun to offer this offer and then, you know, beta test it and just see what happens. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And and I'm going to be very honest. Like if you had told me that three, four years ago, or if that conversation had been around, I would have been so uncomfortable because everything I'd been taught was so rigid and it was like, mm-hmm. you're going to do it this way and it has to look this way and you don't deviate from this. Over time, I've unpacked a lot of that, realized that, oh, that's not true. I kind of came out of that echo chamber, realized there are so many different ways of doing things. And at the same time, realized that things have to be enjoyable for me. I can't be working in an environment now, at least. I mean, I never could, but now I get to choose how it looks. I couldn't, I can't work in an environment that's not fun and creative. And I think that's such a strong advocacy for small business is that you can make those changes. You can pivot in the middle of a launch if you chose to. You know, Mm -hmm. you can make a decision if you know that something's not working and you can see it's not working. You can make changes as you go, as you said, rather than it having to, you know, board of directors sign off and a big corporation, you can actually make those changes. And I think that was such a powerful thing that we saw last year during the pandemic, because for small businesses, they could just completely change how they sold or they they had different options available to them. Whereas a lot of bigger corporations, you could see that that wasn't really the case because they, you know, well, what is the legality of this? We can't just make these changes. And you've got, you know, all these different rules and regulations in place. And so I think I, I love small business. I love small audiences. I love speaking around that because I think that there actually is so much power in being small business. And even if you have a team, you can still make those changes and it allows you to really develop that and really, you know, make sure that it's serving your audience, but also serving you and your team and and your family lifestyle as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm such a geek for for small business and like the, the creativity that we get to have and that we get to infuse, uh, in our businesses is really cool. And honestly, a lot of the stuff I've done that has been successful is really born out of like, what would feel easy and fun right now? Like, what do I know that people need that I feel super excited to serve them with? And like, how can I make this easy and fun and like a no brainer? And I feel like the more that I do, that the more success I have. And a lot of times when I try to like, if I'm like really, really, really overthinking something, it's just, I don't know. It kind of sucks the, it sucks the joy out of it, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to just say that was a really great, like everyone listening journal prompt, what would be easy and fun right now? <laughs> Like I yeah. was like in my head, mental note that goes in my journal. Yes. <laughs> That's such a great question. Thank yes, you. Such yeah. a great question. 
Yeah. I will actually, I would love to give an example of this that literally just happened. So um, a client of mine who was in my very first cohort of my rebellious success group program. So my, my like alumni from that are, are lovely and they're so sweet and they made their own like Slack channel for everyone um, who has like graduated from the first two cohorts. And they lovingly like said that I could join too, which is so sweet. But um, in the wins channel, she just posted. Um, so one of the final things that we did in our time together was figuring out how she could do um, like simple and fun collaborative partnerships to grow her list, to grow her audience, to grow her business, all of that. And so um, she ended up doing this or setting up this series of um, teachings, like collaborative teachings, just by using IG Live. Like she's already on Instagram. She's comfortable using that feature and uh, and figuring out different people who she could partner with where it made sense, right? It made sense for her audience to learn from that other person. It made sense for her to go to, um, in, like get in front of their audience. So this was like the last marketing plan she and I worked on in our time together. And so she just reported back. She's like, Oh my gosh, these like collaborative, um, quick teachings are one of the best things I've done for my business. They feel so easy. They feel so fun. I'm growing my list like they're, but with like the best people, like it was just, it was, uh, you know, a grand slam, like all the way around, it was just perfect. And that made me really happy to see because for her, that is what feels easy and fun. And it's actually giving her the results that she wants. And I feel like that is one of those things where a lot of times in the online space, it's easy to overlook what is easy and fun because everyone is selling you a different thing. And if no one is very specifically like selling you a program, that's like how to do IG live, like collaborations to grow your list, you might not intrinsically even think that that's an option, right? Like, mm -hmm. just like I, I always joke, I'm like, I should create a thing that's like, you know, all about like coffee chats or something, because I love doing coffee chats. Not everyone does, but they have been great for my business. And I also love meeting people so I can send good people to them for business. Right. And I feel like, again, like nobody, nobody's selling, uh, you know, a downloadable like course or program or anything that's like, you know, coffee chats to six figures. And so I think that we forget like, Oh yeah, that's actually like a legitimate, legitimate viable marketing strategy that again, not for everyone. Cause some people will be like, hell no, I don't want any, like, no, that's not what I want to be spending my time on, but for the right people, like, yeah, it can be that easy and fun. It can be as simple as like hopping on 20 minute coffee chats to make real human connections with people. Yeah. And it's, doesn't that just take some of the pressure off? Like when you're doing the thing that is easy and fun, and also you mentioned getting results, like that's definitely a win-win-win, right? Because things mm -hmm. can be easy and fun and you're like, okay, this isn't getting the results I want. And you have to just, you know, make that decision like, okay, but I'm really enjoying it. And I think those are the things that we don't, like you were saying, like, those are the things that we don't hear about in online business. These are the conversations that are not happening as frequently as they should or are kind of hidden behind, you know, not even hidden behind paywall. They're just not even discussed because it's not as sexy and it's not as glamorous. And 
But these are the realities of running an online business. You know, you don't always feel perky. There's going to be things that you are like, this is so much fun and I love it. But because as you say, no one's saying like, oh, this is a great way to collaborate, to market, to grow your list, to make six figures, whatever it may be, because no one's signposting that and saying, hey, this is a thing we don't, we don't necessarily know it. And this is where so much like testing comes in. And as you were talking about also earlier, like self-reflection and and looking at who you've worked with and what has worked and testing and evaluating and just really leaning into that permission to see and find what works for you and your business. And I think that's just so important. I know I do that in my business and I talk about it with my own clients because I think it's a really once you get past all the crap and all the bullshit in online business and you realize that there are so many different ways you can do things and unfortunately so many people will go through those places and 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 struggle and then we realize oh okay I've learned all this stuff and now it's a case of filtering through all of it to decide what I actually want to do and how I want yeah. to do it Oh my gosh, that's huge. The the filtering, like I I actually think, and this is something I've been talking about a bit lately and plan to keep talking about it on my socials, is it's not that the information is necessarily not out there. It's that there's such a volume of it that it's really hard, I think, to decipher what is going to be right for you, like what is going to move the needle forward for you. And I think it's really hard because like when, you know, we grow up in a society where we go to school and there's a very clear rubric. It's like, if you do these things, you will get good grades. And if you get good grades, then you will like succeed in other areas, right? Like that's what we're taught. And in the world of entrepreneurship, that's just not the case. Like a membership might work beautifully for one person and would be an absolute nightmare for another person. Um, and you know, same thing with like different social media platforms or different ways of marketing or, you know, different offer types, different work schedules. It's, we are all so different and so varied that it really is. Yeah. It's like an experiment. And and sometimes experiments fail. Like I have things that I was so stoked about and I was like, I'm going to launch this thing and it's going to be amazing. And it just flopped. And it doesn't mean that I will never revisit it because maybe it was just bad timing. Maybe the pricing was off. Maybe the, the structure wasn't quite right. Cause I'm like, no, I know this would be like a really good thing. So it's not like it'll never maybe get resold in a different way in the future. But I mean, I was like, I was fully gung ho. I was like, this is going to be incredible and literally zero people enrolled in it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what, you know, but it's, but that's what it is. Like, it's all, it's all an experiment. And I feel like there are ways you can make it easier on yourself. Like, this is why I love what I do. Cause that really is my jam is like finding out the, the right puzzle pieces for each person to make the experiment more like the likelihood of it succeeding be greater. But you know, sometimes like it just, it is what it is. Or like, you know, in business with selling, with marketing, we are relying on human behavior and what is the most like likely outcome of if we do this, then this thing will probably happen. Or this is how my people respond to this. 
Well, anytime that that gets like jiggled, like it definitely has been with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. It's people's human behavior, their like natural behavior, it changes. So if you were like, oh, I used to sell, um, you know, I used to do these, uh, you know, workshops like on Sunday afternoons virtually. And that was part of my funnel and it, it was really working great. Well, now if, if people's whole lives have been flipped upside down and now that they are using their Sundays, like they really want to just not be on a screen on a Sunday, then you might see enrollment for your thing going down with hosting those things as part of like your sales funnel or your sales mechanism that you use. And it doesn't mean that your offer is crap or people don't want it. It could just be that the way that you're selling it now needs to change. You need to get creative and maybe try something new to sell it. Try a new approach that will resonate more with the people who you're selling to with their new natural behavior. Yeah, I I definitely remember seeing this a lot in the last year because I've had conversations with peers and clients where, you know, our social media habits changed a lot early on in last, you know, in the first pandemic, well, not first pandemic, sorry, the first lockdown in the early part of last year, we were all online because there wasn't really anything else to do. And Mm -hmm. we had no idea what this thing, I mean, we still, you know, it's still unfolding, but this thing that was unfolding in front of us, the the presence online was so different. And then as we got further and further towards the end of the year, that kind of changed and shifted. And we definitely saw that and experienced that. And, you know, even this year, it's it's been really interesting to see the ways in which, you know, the, our consumption of social media has changed because I think so many people, as you say, like have changed their social media habits, their like screen habits. You know, even in business, people are looking at different ways to, market and different ways to be online and how to, you know, what could I do instead of using Instagram or what could I do instead of doing this? And I think I'm seeing more and more of these conversations happening, but it is so important to remember to like test those things and then also just have that kind of awareness of, oh, this isn't working in the way it used to, what could have changed? Um, And, you know, it can change month by month. And then it can also change, you know, it can take longer. And I think that can feel like such a shock sometimes, especially if something's been working over and over again. Um, but being able to just kind of check in and not take it personally, I think is, is really important too. Yeah. It's so, it's so key. And I think one other thing that is good to know just across the board in terms of selling right now especially, you know, if you're a service provider who does client facing work, you know, even if that's like coaching, consulting strategy, but you know, where you're actually like doing, uh, work with a client and not just let's say selling passive courses is personal outreach. And I don't mean icky cold DMS, but I mean, actually connecting with people because we are so, like our, our brains are just like at the limit of digital information. I feel like right now, um, even people who, you know, love to be online, love social, all of that, like, it's just really hard to juggle the volume of digital information coming our way. 
and what we are actually absorbing. So what I mean by this is if you historically have just, you know, posted on social and sent emails for a launch and that filled whatever you were trying to launch just fine, it might still work. I'm not saying it won't work. However, right now, because it's easy for people to miss stuff because people are unsubscribing from email lists, even if they like the person, but they just need like less information coming their way that they have to sift through. If you feel like somebody has shown interest in something of yours, if you've had a conversation about it before, um, if they've engaged with your content quite frequently, anything like that, it's totally okay and recommended if you reach out and you're just like, hey, I have this thing. I don't know if you see me posting about it. I didn't know if you were interested. Uh, if you want more info, I'm happy to send it. If not, no big deal. But I didn't want you to miss out because what ends up happening is that people who would love, love, love the thing that you have they just might not even see it. But if you actually reach out to them and tell them like, hey, I have this thing, I would, you know, I would love to tell you more if it feels like it's a fit, then they will actually see it. And they still might be like, you know, no, or, you know, it's not for me or not right now or whatever. But it is that direct connection that I feel like is really more crucial now than before because we just are not, um, we are not seeing everything, even the stuff that we want to participate in, even the things that we want to purchase, we are just not seeing it. Or what happens is we are seeing it. And then we think I'll remember, I'll go back to that. I'll message that person. And we, we are so collectively just run down that the odds of us actually remembering are so, so slim. But if you do the outreach, if you're proactive, then that is really like a winning strategy for sure in my book. Yeah, so let's let's talk about outreach in terms of <clears throat> our fears. <laughs> yes. Because I love what you're, what you're saying. I also know from my own experience in the past, there have been times where I have tried to do this and it's felt so uncomfortable or I felt like I'm kind of chasing people. So I would love to hear, and I'm sure everyone listening would love to hear, what are your kind of top tips so that this doesn't feel like a kind of, what do you just, what was it you describe it as? Like a hey girl? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hey girl DM. Hey girl. Yes. And yeah. Let me tell like, you about my opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I think I have like five of these sitting in my um in my requests oh, DM volume yes. moment. I'm like, delete, delete, delete. No. Um, but yeah, so get, like, let's, let's dive into that. And can you share some top tips for everybody listening and for me on how to kind of approach this? so that it doesn't feel like that hey girl DM. Yeah, I, I would love to. I just uh, yesterday deleted seven cold pitch DM <laughs> uh, in my request on IG. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's there awful. Uh, so really, I, I think that the first component is that usually why those feel so gross is there's no relationship there 
at all, right? So the reason why when somebody who, you know, we went to high school with 15, 20 years ago, and they're like, hey, girl, I'm selling skincare. Like, let me tell you all about it. Like, part of why that feels weird and gross is because it's like, uh, there's no more relationship there. We haven't like cultivated any sort of inroads for you to even be talking to me about this. You're just making this weird assumption. I like to call it the spray and pray, right? So where you're like, I'm going to reach, I'm just going to reach out to as many people as possible and hope that I get some yeses, right? I know a lot of people will say no. I know a lot of people will ignore me, but I'm just hoping that I get some yeses. And so instead, what I'm a big advocate for is really always being mindful of relationship building just all the time, like truly, truly, truly getting to know people again, as, as online service providers, like we can do this. If you have a multiple six figure course business, this is not, you know, that's, it's going to be a little different. I have some clients with businesses like that and it's slightly different strategies, but really, you know, cultivating relationships that are no strings attached, right? Where you're like, okay, maybe eventually, you know, this person might hire me for something in the future, or they might not. They might just be a good collaborative marketing partner. They might be a referral partner. They might just be a new friend, right? Somebody that I can have, uh, you know, good conversation with, um, be it in the DMs or on Zoom coffee chats or anything like that. So very much like no strings attached relationship building kind of all the time. And from there, I would say is going back to what I said at the beginning about being really clear on who might be a great fit and why is really articulating that to the person. So it's not like it's just random that you reached out. So um, for instance, I had a client who she had kind of expressed interest in working with me. We'd, she had been following me for a while. We chatted back and forth and my offers that I had, like it was never quite the right offer, the right timing until I started my rebellious success program. And I had sort of never forgotten about her because she was always like, you know, like I, I definitely like, I want to work with you one day. It just has to be the right thing. So when I launched that, I reached out and I was like, Hey, I have this thing. I think that you're a great fit for it. Like I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think that you're a good fit for it. And I wanted to be sure that you knew about it so that you didn't miss out. Do you want me to send you more info? She said, yes. She was like, yeah, okay, this, this seems great. And then she was all in, but it was really that, like, I kept it in the back of my mind for a couple of years, honestly, that like, I think that this person would be super fun to work with. She obviously resonates with what I'm talking about. And like, I'm not going to, uh, like give up on her essentially because just because the timing isn't right. And I think that far too often we tell ourselves these stories of like, they don't like me, they hate me, they don't find value in me. You know, all of these things that like are, are horribly mean inner critic says to us. And it's like, no, like if you think about it in your own life, in your own business, there might be people where you're like, that person is on my 
to, you know, to work with list for the future. But like right now I'm just too busy. Like it might not even be a financial thing. It's just like, I don't have the mental or the energetic bandwidth to like take on this, um, this commitment right now to my own business. Right. But it does feel sort of nice, at least for me, like I, I like to not feel forgotten. And sometimes like there have been people who I've worked with who they let me know about a certain program of theirs, like each time the doors were open. And I loved that it was never the right time for me to join. But then years later, I was like, you know what? I still hadn't joined that one offer, but I hired them for something else. And it felt really good. And it was like, it felt nice that they were willing to keep the doors of just friendship open again, no strings attached friendship and relationship that they weren't holding it against me that I had said no multiple times. And I think that that is really important too to like honor people's no's or they're not now's and like understand that like you can still be connected with them. And that's, and that's a really good thing because you never know who they are going to tell about your program. Um, or they're going to share a post of yours and one of their followers sees that you're launching something and it's a perfect fit and they join. So I feel like that is really, is really good. Just being mindful of like why, why you're reaching out to the person and then letting them know about the thing and just very like, um, almost lightly, right? It's not, it's not like you're sending seven paragraphs of information into their DMS or their inbox. It's just saying like, I have this thing. Here's a little bit about it. Um, you know, if you want more info, I'm happy to send it. I think you'd be great for it. And here's why. And then if it's not for you, but you think of somebody else, like feel free to forward this onto them or share the info, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you know what really stood out to me there is that <clears throat> the the fact that a it's it's a long game, right? Business is a long game. Mm-hmm. And relationships, like any relationship in our in, you know, that we want in our lives is it, it, there's there's conversation, there's, you know, nurturing, there's trust, there's these build the, you know, the building blocks of relationships. And I think to touch on that, one of the things that has happened in the online space, one of these things that has kind of been like weaponized is this idea that everyone makes these snap decisions. Now we've all had those moments where we've seen something and we've gone, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to get that. Um, whether it's a physical product or an online course product, you know, I would say that in the online space, usually those things are on the lower price point because we don't tend to just, very rare do we drop thousands of, of dollars on something that we haven't really thought about. But there has been this ongoing conversation that we all make these kind of quick decisions and it's like hand over my credit card and people are going to be knocking down the doors. But there's, as as you were describing it, there's not as many conversations about that long game and that long-term, those long-term relationships. And as you said, without strings attached, like friendships and word of mouth is still the best free marketing mm-hmm. because no matter who you who who you have in your business those people who you connect with and the longer you're in business obviously you know the bigger that kind of those circles grow and you build more relationships and you connect with more people that's 
that, you know, that outreach grows as well. And, you know, we see this in podcasting. Someone shares your podcast. Well, now all of their people are like, oh, what's this podcast? Mm -hmm. It's the same with business. And I think, you know, I've seen this in in my own business as well, where I'll I'll get a message from somebody and be like, so-and-so referred me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because maybe, you know, you have some kind of online relationship with that person or friendship you're not necessarily speaking every day, but you know, the fact that you were somebody they thought of in that situation is so powerful. We have to remember that. Yeah. It's hugely powerful. Uh, I'm, I'm always blown away when somebody comes to work with me who, you know, they say, Oh, I heard about you from so-and-so and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And it's like, I've never had a conversation with them. And yet they're like, you know, ready to ready to hire me, ready to work with me because they know that like, oh, that other person is legit. And so if they are kind of like endorsing you, then you must be really legit too. And then it's like, they show up and they see your messaging and they see your content and they're like, yeah, 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 I resonate. Like I'm ready, let's do this. And and I love what you said about, really like touching on the long game. And I think that that is what is really hard about online business. And I I think it's changing. I hope it's changing, but I feel like with the bro, the bro element that was very much kind of took over in the early days of online marketing and really, you know, was having its heyday a few years ago is everything was in the very like capitalistic way of like better, faster, stronger, quicker, you know, do it now, hustle, 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 um, kind of vibe. And I feel like people, well, at least the people that you and I work with and and engage with (laughs) are really tired of that. Like we, we don't, we don't want to feel rushed. We want to feel like we can take our time and uh, and really be mindful of not just what we're investing in, but who we're investing in and really get to know them and like the nuances of them and if our values are aligned and and all of those things, because we all have competition. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. And I think that that bro element is very much like we have to beat out everyone else and we have to win. It's very much, it feels very much about winning. Like we need to win and we need to win at all costs, regardless of the repercussions of that. And I know people like you and I are like, no, that's not really how we want to do business. And I very much am here for the long term. I don't really care about being in the what is it? Like the 3 comma club, the like Oh, is it funnel. 3 now? I don't know. 2 comma club. Three, who knows? <laughs> I can't even keep I can't even keep up. But um you know, it's that's not really my jam. I mean, obviously I'm, you know, I'm here to make money, like I'm here to help my clients make money, all of that, but at the same time I don't want it to feel hurried. I don't want that like really icky, like white urgency there. Uh, because I feel like when that is just always 
the focus, then things get really sloppy and the humanness of the people who invest in you, it's easy to overlook them. So I don't mean that you can't have like big goals or that you have, or, you know, that you can't make these like quantum leaps from a revenue standpoint in your business. You absolutely can, but there's also a way that you can do it where you're really like honoring the people who are choosing to invest in you. And you can really honor yourself and your own capacity and your own desires. Like I often say it's like a both and instead of an either or. And I feel like the, the bro culture is very much not that it's really like you can either make a lot of money or you can, you know, care about people deeply and you just have to choose which one you want more. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy into that. I think that you can do both. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that you're, you're right. I think there are more people who there, there are more, people challenging the bro marketing culture. Certainly in the last year, I've seen more and more people kind of having these conversations. And I think at the same time, like what you were saying, is the humanness behind who we're working with, but also the humanness of, you know, we're humans as well, as as well as business owners. And being able to integrate that you know I'm not turning down a million dollars but (laughs) I also very aware of the how much energy I may have on any given day and I can't even comprehend what it would look like to make that money and what I would have to do or need to do in order to do that so I'm like I'm okay as you said I'm okay with it the slow long game I'm here to build a sustainable business and remembering what that business can do for my clients and the people that it helps, but also for my family and my lifestyle. And I think that was a real, a real wake up call last year for me because my business did grow. And at the same time, within about six months, I was like, oh, my business does not look how I wanted it to look or what I was expecting. Things got a little out of the hand. Things grew so quickly that I couldn't kind of catch up with myself. And that kind of encouraged me to take a step back. And I think that was really powerful because at that point when it all kind of grew, I was like, oh, this is like amazing. This is huge growth that I'm experiencing. Like, this is amazing. I feel really great about the work I'm doing. And then what I realized was like, oh, this isn't the end of the story. This is just like one chapter. This might be like, just might be chapter three or four. like God knows how many chapters. And the reality was that the next chapter could look so different and it has done, but it hasn't felt like a compromise. Like, as you were saying, it hasn't felt like either or it hasn't been like, well, you can either have what you had last year or you can have this. No, it's like, okay, now I'm learning how to, you know, take both of these things and allow myself to feel more creative, feel things to feel fun and easy as I'm building my business as well and selling. And I think that's, I think that's a good reminder for anyone listening as well, that this is not the end. (laughs) Like whatever's happening right now doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the same thing because things change so quickly in online business in such a short space of time as well. Yeah, they really do. And it's that's such a good distinction because I I think that oftentimes and and I've known that I've had this with myself is like 
when you realize that you don't want to sell something anymore that is selling, there can be a lot of guilt around that. Like, well, if I take this away, then other people don't get to experience it, right? The people who haven't yet bought it won't be able to have it. Or if I really increase the price because I know it's time, then some people won't be able to get it. And I think that it can be, that aspect can be really hard too. And we have those moments where we know that we need to refine like for ourselves, right? When you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is just not working anymore. Like if you're like, well, I want to, you know, take an entire week off every month or I don't want to do, um, you know, one-off like client calls or I don't want to do this type of service anymore. I think that it's, you know, while it's not always as simple as like, oh, cool, like let me just do a, a quick switcheroo and swap it out and and we'll be off to the races because sometimes, you know, when you're tweaking offers, you have to tweak your messaging and your marketing and there's other things that have to be done. But I think it is also okay to remind ourselves that if something is no longer serving us as the person running the business, we are allowed to change it, even if other people have an issue with that, even if they think it's foolish, even if they don't understand, because at the end of the day, and what I always emphasize with my clients and what I always try to remind myself is we have to do what is best for us first and foremost. Like we have to be our own board of directors and be like, yeah, what is going to be sustainable and what is going to allow us to keep thriving as humans first and entrepreneurs second, and then make our choices based out from there, regardless of, you know, whatever guru is telling you that that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, I think one of the, 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 the kind of narratives or the messages from this, this conversation is definitely like knowing that's kind of self-evaluation, self-audit, checking in with yourself, understanding like what you need, allowing those things to, to come to the forefront. And I think that is definitely a process as well that takes some time, but is so empowering, so powerful for not just, you know, the person running the business, but for everyone involved, it can be really, really supportive. And it's a great way of forging a new path and, you know, being a leader um, within your business, you know, I think whether you have a team or not, there is, you know, a level of leadership in small business and we can allow that to really dictate what kind of happens next in the way we show up. Um, although that phrase is so overused, but <laughs> in the way that we show up as well. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much about, um, yeah, be, like being a leader. And I, I think it's, you're right. Like, even if you don't have a team, like you, you can be a good leader to yourself and you can honor your own boundaries and your own preferences and, and all of that. And I think that that is so, so important. And, you know, say, and I feel like, again, just to go back to selling is that you don't have to ever just do something as a sales method because somebody said it was a good idea. Like one, one thing I, I always am very clear on, like with my clients and stuff is that like, you're, you're allowed to push back. Like 
if you want to do something different, like if I give you a suggestion and it truly is unaligned, like I don't just mean like, oh, it might be an exercise and getting a little bit outside of your your comfort zone for growth. But I mean, you're like, yeah, that's just 100 percent not me. Then it's like, okay, let's come up with something different. And I feel like that's really where a lot of times, like you mentioned at the beginning, like sales scripts or or different things like that. I feel like often they are too um, cookie cutter. They're too Mm -hmm. boxed in. They don't allow for um, personality or personal preference or anything like that. And I think sadly what happens is, is that people like the people that you and I work with, they see those things again and again and again, and they think, well, other people can make this work. And if I feel uncomfortable with this or it doesn't work for me, then something must be wrong with me. Like I must be the problem and I must be doomed to like a mediocre business because I just can't quite do this. Right. I can't, I just, I can't suck it up or I can't make it work. Um, and the reality is, is that's just not true. There really, really, really is a way that we can all succeed as, you know, as ethical entrepreneurs, we can make money and be really pleased with how, with the process behind how we do it. Um, but just because you haven't found a way that feels really good yet, doesn't necessarily mean that you are the problem. And it doesn't matter how much money the person selling you those scripts or whatever it is has made. Um, it, it still doesn't necessarily mean that you are broken. Yeah. Yeah, I always say that everything works, but not everything works for you. So I think that yeah, that's and unfortunately, it takes time to realize that <laughs> it takes yep. time, especially I mean in life, but also in business. It just takes time to realize that there are so many options, and I think you know a lot of what we've touched on today is so helpful. Like even for me, listening and in hearing your the way you're running your business. And I know that it's going to help so many people hearing these, these options, like that's, you know, options, we have options. And I think that's so cool. And I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to come on here and record with me. And I've got one last question for you today before we wrap up. And that is, what does it mean to be an entrepreneurial outlaw in your own business? I love this question because I very much resonate with that term. Um, I, to me, it is stubbornly honoring yourself and saying, I will find the way that works for me. So kind of like your point of everything works, but not everything works for every person. It's really like it's about digging in my heels and really trusting in the both and it's saying I can be weird as hell, like my true, strange, authentic self, and I can make a lot of money in a way that feels really good and really honors the people who invest in me. Mm -hmm. And that I don't have to 
settle for the status quo. Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. And you know what I love about it is that obviously I know a lot, you know, I've watched your business and I've, I've seen your content and I see, I am on your email list and I, so I see a lot of what you're doing. And I think the thing that I would add is, is that you're really running your business in that way. And you really are, you know, helping people in that way and the conversations you're having. And so often these conversations that we hear about, like, I can make money. I can also do these things. I can live my life in the way I want to. I can show up as, you know, as my weird or quirky self. So often we hear these in this kind of, without any context, that's what I'm trying to say. We see them, we hear these conversations without context. And I think that, you know, this is a huge part of that kind of authenticity myth is like getting past that and understanding that, you know, if we can, for us to be, you know, true to our values and honor those things, we also get to be who we are. And that can be, you know, messy in all of our glorious mess (laughs) and showing up in that way and allowing, it gives permission for other people to do the same thing. And I think that's really powerful. And I definitely see that in your own business as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, I feel like I definitely feel the same for you because I know it's, uh, you know, it, it can definitely feel vulnerable to be like, I'm going to weave in stuff that is important and meaningful to me, but that other people might judge. And I'm going to trust that it will work. Like I, I have your, um, new moon, full moon uh, journal and I love it. And I use it every time now. And, you know, I could see that there would be people who might be following you for your other content and then see that and be like, oh, she's weird. Like she's, that's (laughs) all nonsense. Right. You know, like, and, and be like, forget it. I'm out, you know? And it's like, okay, well, they're not, you know, they're not your perfect person, but for your perfect people, I feel like it's like, oh yes. Like that is so cool. Like I, I had a, another client I worked with, um, this year who she is a brilliant public speaking coach. And I mean, she works with universities, she works with corporations, all of that, but she also loves reading tarot and she has a program on shadow work. And in our time together, she was like, I, I am ready to keep growing. And I feel like I am struggling with, do I keep these things together or do I separate them to be, you know, more quote unquote professional? And it was like, no, fuck it. Like, that's what makes you so unique. There are a million people who teach public speaking and yes, she's great. And she has her own methodology and it works and, and all of that. But I'm like, but I love this other weird side of you. And I, I know it's not for everyone and that's okay. But like for your perfect people, man, like it's just going to resonate. And it has like, and, and it's, it's beautiful. And I feel like I'm excited to like, what I'm passionate about is helping more people like really honor all of those like weird bits of themselves, you know, even if it's not tarot, even if it's not, you know, moon rituals, like even if it's not, uh, being super into like true crime or Halloween or, you know, anything like me, like (laughs) that, that I feel like that is the beauty of small business is that like, we only have to answer to ourselves. And at the end of the day, like, I want people to feel like I showed up 
in the truest version of myself and like, oh yeah, my bank account looks freaking awesome too. Like I, I want, I want that so badly for people because I know how, um, liberating it, it feels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it really is. And I, I definitely went through exactly those same, those same experiences as I started to share more and more. And it was like, as you come up with ideas and you're like, oh, is this too much? You know, does content alchemy make any sense? And then you put it out there. And as you say, the people who, whether they quote, get it or not, but the people who are already very interested in, in what you do and the way you do things, they're just like, I don't care if I get it. I'm in <laughs> like, let's do yeah. it along the way. And I think that is, you know, when a people send, when people send me, you know, I don't know, a picture of Waylon Jennings or something, I got a picture from somebody who I barely know, but she knows entrepreneurial outlaws. And she sent me, there was a fragrance, I think, and it's called the outlaws. And she's like, I saw this and I thought of you. And then she sent me a makeup palette. She was like, this is this, did you get this? And it's like those little things where I'm like, you are making an impact, even if you don't necessarily realize it, because what you're doing, people remember, you know, I think I sent you a golden girls thing off of TikTok. I was like, I saw this and thought of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The keychains. Yes. That's yeah. it. And those things, you know, I remember when I first started my business, there was so much conversation around sharing these things, but it was so like forced. And I was like, oh, oh, hang on a minute. I don't have to force these things. I just get to be myself. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So powerful. I, yeah, I love that you mentioned like people sending you, um, random things to be like, Hey, I saw this and thought of you. It has nothing to do with your business. Really? Like, uh, I feel like those things are just, it's like, you can't even, you can't even like artificially create that kind of like true connection. And, um, like a few weeks ago it was Hobbit week and I was celebrating. I'm such a huge like nerd (laughs) for all things like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And I was posting about it on IG and, and it's great. Like people will send me memes and like cool Hobbit related stories and stuff all the time. And I love it because to me, it feels like, oh, they see me. And I feel like as Mm. humans, like that is what, it's what we want, right? It's, we want connection. Like we thrive on connection as humans, even if we're introverted, right? We, we love feeling seen and heard and understood. And I feel like big business, it doesn't do that because it just turns you into a number. It turns you into dollar signs. And so I feel like when when we can all show up for each other and be like, Oh, I see the real, real you. And I'm, and not only do I see it, but like, I, I support it and I'm here for it. And I'm like sending you, you know, virtual high fives. Uh, I feel like that feels powerful. And it's really something that at the end of the day, like, even if people reject me, if they reject me because they knew the real me, I'm okay with it. Like, actually, sorry. I know we're like, I want to make this super long, but a few years ago I ran for office. It was very (laughs) unexpected. And I was still, I was refereeing roller derby at the time, which is, you know, there's like scan, not scandalous, but you know, like more like, like roller derby style photos of me that exist out there. And I told the democratic caucus when they were nominating me, I was like, I just need you to know, I'm not going to distill down like who I am just to win. Because like at the end of the day, p- 
people are going to vote for Erica and not some idea of Erica. And if I lose, which I did, um, which was fine. But if I lose, I want to know that I did so like that it happened in integrity because I also wouldn't have felt good if I won but they thought that I was somebody other than who I was. And there were people who tried to take, like they took roller derby photos of me and posted them. And they were like, is this really who we want? And blah, 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 blah. This is inappropriate. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel any shame about that at all. So, I mean, maybe you feel like I should feel ashamed, but I don't. And, and I feel like that is what I've taken into um, my business as well. And it's like, you get what you get. And if you don't like it, I'm totally cool with that. But at least if if you are going to trust me with your money, I want you to, I want to be very transparent about the type of person that you're investing in. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole other conversation that you and I now need to have because I'm so intrigued. <laughs> but a hundred percent, like it's true, right? We need to, when you're investing, there needs to be that level of trust. And I think building that trust is it's more, more important now than ever. And more and more people are looking for that. And if we, and everyone listening, you know, continues to forge that path, then we're going to see those big changes in online business. And we're going to slowly, but surely, you know, dismantle those areas of business, which still focus on hustle and manipulation and just focus on like the money, the either or. Mm -hmm. So completely, I have loved this conversation today. It was so good. (laughs) Thank you. I loved it too. Thank you so much. Can you just let everybody know where it is they can find you online before we head off? Yes. So ericatebbins.com is my website. And then I hang out on Instagram at ericatebbinsconsulting. And I have... um, On my site, there's actually a resources tab that has a bunch of different freebies. But also, if you want my no sleaze sales guide, which is a methodology, not scripts, um, you can go to bit.ly forward slash no sleaze selling. It's all lowercase, all one word. um, And you can get that. And yeah, and you can see my feel good approach to how I sell and how I teach selling there. But definitely come over. Um, on the gram and say, hi, I really genuinely love meeting new people. Yeah. I will make sure that everything is linked in the show notes. So you can easily follow Erica on social media, go and check out the sales guide. I have used that sales guide. I have grabbed it in the past and it's very good. So I definitely recommend going and checking out. And of course, you know, then receiving weekly content from you um and checking out your podcast as well because so much oh, yeah so much gold yeah I'm so I'll bad I always podcast, forget I always forget to mention <laughs> so um it's just like I just like take it as a given like some people just know so it's called sell it sister and um if you you can find it on my website you can find it on pretty much every podcast player and then also uh sell it sister podcast.com will take you right there to the page on my website but yeah uh it's it's really good. I'm really proud of it. There's over a hundred episodes and people tell me all the time, like, wow, this is actually like really good, helpful content, which makes me, um, feel really excited. So yeah, you can learn all sorts of other, um, ethical and sleaze free sales and marketing strategies over there. 
Yeah. Yes, I highly recommend it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this conversation. And um, yeah, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wasn't that just so... (laughs) There were so many conversations, so many things. I was like, by the end of the episode, I had to kind of come down off of this like high of talking about these things with Erica because it was so fun and there were so many so many important conversations in this episode so I hope that you got just as much from it as I did sitting down and having this conversation and this is one of the reasons why I love having guests on this show because you get to see someone's take on their zone of genius, right? Their niche, their thing that they do really, really well. And I just love her approach to sales. So you'll, I know you're going to be just leaving this episode with so many ideas and so many ways in which you can lean into that part of your business. Now, next week we have a really fun episode coming. Um, it's going to be episode number 50, 50. That feels really big. Episode number 50. It is big. And I am going to be walking you through the Planning by the Moon content planner. So you may have heard me talking about this a couple of episodes ago. If you're following me on socials, you have seen me talking and talking and talking about this because I will refer you back to episode 47, where we talked about promotion, (laughs) selling something. Um, And next week, I'm going to be walking you through the Planning by the Moon content planner. I'm going to be sharing with you what it looks like inside, how you can get hold of your own copy, how to use it, how to customize it. Some of the things I learned as I went through this process of creating this planner, because this wasn't where the planner was going. This was not the direction I had originally started. So back in the summer, my intention was to create a seasonal planner. So we pivoted slightly and I'm not going to go into that now. We'll save that for next week's episode, but we're going to be digging into the content planner and I'm going to be sharing with you the ways in which you can use this in your business. I'm going to be sharing with you the layouts and going through that with you, walking you through the different layouts and pages so that you can then grab your copy and just like dig in, right? And if you've already got your copy by next week's episode, you can of course follow along and you can set it up along with me as we go. So that is in next week, episode 50. I can't believe we're already going to be at episode 50. I feel like a hundred seems so far away, but here we are. Now, thank you so much for listening in to today's episode, for joining in this conversation. If you want to deepen this conversation, if you want to come over and um, comment on what you took away from today's episode, make sure you're following us on Instagram. It's entrepreneurial underscore outlaws. We will tag it in the show notes because... I always spell entrepreneurial wrong, but we will make sure it's tagged in the show notes, but come over and follow us. Um, As I said, deep in the conversation, let me know what you took away from today's episode and um, come and say, hey, and if you would, if you would like to, if you feel that you get something from listening into this show each week and you haven't left us a five-star rating and review, please take a moment just to head over to iTunes, to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review for us because this not only 
not only do I love reading your reviews, it also tells Apple Podcasts that this show is important and that we need to put it in front of more and more people. And if you want to take a screenshot of you listening to today's episode, whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're out walking, you're doing some work, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram and let me know and I will reshare your post and I'll also make sure I send you some fun gifts in the, not gifts, gifts <laughs> in the DMs. But I love to see that what you're taking away from it, what you're listening, it really helps us to continue creating great content, bringing you incredible guests and having these conversations on a weekly basis. But thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a listener of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. And I will see you next week for episode 50. Until next time, Outlaws. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. 